We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, Rob Doster here, and you are listening to a Field of 68 NBA Draft Prospect Profile. We're going to be rolling these out all month, leading up to a full first round live mock draft with the six NBA draft experts that we're going to be hosting one week before the actual draft itself takes place. While you're here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and a review, that stuff really does help us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on any of the platforms that you listen to the audio of this show. But listen, that's enough of that. That's enough of the promos. Let's get into today's prospect profile. All right, Jeff Goodman here with Terrence Oglesby for another NBA draft breakdown. And today for the Field of 68, we are going to break the game down of one Anthony Black, a long, um, long, 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 long uh, point guard, freshman point guard from Arkansas. Didn't shoot the ball great, T.O. He came out of the gate strong, too. He had a great Maui Invitational, and everybody moved him up on their mock drafts. Uh, into the lottery, and that's where he probably is right now. Uh, still a lottery pick projected because, again, he's he's every bit of 6'7". Everybody loves length these days, and everybody loves long uh, point guards these days as well, and he gives you that. What what do you think about Anthony Black, and, and first of all, how he projects into the NBA? Well, the big thing is projectable skills, and you alluded to a lot of them. Six, seven, long, live legs, and he can get to spots. Now, while he isn't one of the like widest shoulder, broadest guys, he's got a wide base, and he's got strong legs, and he can get to spots quick, fast, and in a hurry. And the way Musselman used him is a lot of the same ways he's going to be used at the pro level. He's going to be using ball screens. He's going to be attacking closeouts. He's somebody that can make plays, read that second level of the defense, and there's a lot to like about this young man. Does he shoot it as well as you want to? At this point in his career, no, but it's not broken. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I think the set point is a little bit too high. It's right above the middle of his forehead, but the fall through is nice. He's got good hands. He projects as if he's going to be able to shoot it better later in his career. He's a guy, like you said, a lot of projectable tools, Six, seven, 200 pounds right now. He's going to be able to put on a little bit of weight. He can guard multiple positions. He's a really, really good athlete. Uh, a lot to like about Anthony Black and his future in the NBA. 30% three-point shooter, as you said. that That's the biggest concern that I have about Anthony Black. Um, we know that's the one skill you can probably improve the most in the league if you work on it. Right. Will Anthony Black sit in the gym over and over and over and become 
He doesn't have to become a great three-point shooter. He's got to become a, a solid uh, three-point shooter. You know, I kind of see him, you know, when I watch him, I, I kind of see a little bit of, of Sean Livingston. Sure. And, and just how I see him, right? That long, length, lanky frame. And, and I'm not sure if he's pre-injury Sean Livingston or post-injury Sean Livingston. And pre-injury Sean Livingston was, was a lottery pick, was a guy that people thought could be a star in the NBA. Post was a good, solid role guy. Is Anthony Black a guy that you kind of foresee is, is somebody that you're going to draft and build your franchise around, or is he going to be more of a guy that eh, we don't know? He could go either way. He could be a starting point guard, or ultimately, if he doesn't shoot it well enough, if he doesn't get stronger, we're looking at a backup point guard in the NBA. I think we're looking at a starting point guard in the NBA. I think a lot of it comes down to who he's going to be playing with. Fit is everything. Could he be a secondary ball handler? He'd be excellent at that. It's just the $100 million question and literally a $100 million question. Maybe more than that. Yeah, exactly. Is can he shoot 35 to 40% from three? And I like that comparison a little bit. The early Sean Livingston, his ability to get to spots and use his athleticism, that, that's a good one. The second portion of Livingston's career, I mean, what a career he had with the circumstances that he was dealt, like his ability to develop that mid-range jump shot, his ability to develop, use his size at a time where the game was starting to change and he always had a mismatch. Anthony Black's still going to have some mismatches. I just, his ability to stretch the floor. Uh, defensively, I'm not necessarily worried. That's more of a focus thing for somebody like and him because of the thing. NBA. And a strength thing. For him, Absolutely right? it is. Yeah. But I think because of his lower body strength, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, and he can cover a lot of ground fairly quickly. And in the NBA, where you can't sit in that lane forever, you got to jump, you got to get from help side to help spot really, really fast. He has that size, he has that ability to do that. Uh, can he be a starter for a team in the playoffs? I, I think it's very well a possibility given the right circumstance. That everything is circumstance in the NBA, but uh, all those tools are there. I, I just love the way that he's able to get pl players on his hip whenever he's using ball screens. And once you're there, you're trapped because once he get, has that length over the top, he is a quality finisher. He is a guy who can finish at the rim. Uh, but like you said, Jeff, it comes down to shooting the basketball. The other concern I have was he was so good early in the season that our expectations were like, all right, this kid's a natural point guard. He makes all the right plays. And again, he reverted back to being a freshman to me in the middle of the season and towards the end of the season, making some great plays for others. And then also his decision-making being questioned, taking care of the ball. You know, he was, he was a freshman again. We just, I think after Maui and early in the season in November, we were like, Oh my God, this kid's going to be a top five pick because again, that length and he started to make some shots and he was the best player on Arkansas's team earlier in the year and, and then he kind of came down to earth and and showed that inconsistency that we see out of, of so many freshmen how is it just going to be a maturity thing where he again uh, makes better decisions consistently because that was clearly a, an issue for him I think as the season went on too I, I think teams started to pack the lane and make him make some of these long passes I, I you know left elbow to right corner 
type passes. Like those aren't easy things to do, especially when you're a freshman and you're having to make those decisions consistently. But I also say this as a freshman, a guy who was in a ball dominant type of offense, because Musk puts the guy, puts the ball in his best player's hands. He does it consistently. He did that with Anthony Black this year and had some success. I mean, they made the Sweet 16. Now, his production was up and down, sure, but a 1.3 assist to turnover ratio, I'll take that as a freshman for a guy who had the ball in his hands as much as he did. Uh, I also want to say, too, as the season goes along and you're playing against SEC competition, you know, the wings get longer. You know, the players get bigger and the lane gets really tight. And when the lane gets tight, you're having to make those passes much smaller windows. Now, I say that to say this. I understand the NBA players are bigger. I understand they're better. I understand they're stronger. They're older. They're smarter. There's more space. And a lot of a lot of that is because the longer three point arc and the defense of three seconds. So he's going to have a little bit more time, a little bit more space to make these decisions on the fly. There's just so much to like about this young man. Really the downside is, is he going to fall into a situation where his confidence gets beaten down? Because if that's the case, it's going to be tough for him to really advance because the things that he does, he does really well are bravado driven or confidence driven, getting in there and making these long skip passes, having a good handle on the ball. That I, fit is so important. I feel like I go back and say it and say it and say it, but if he gets behind a veteran or somebody that can really push him in the right direction, uh, sky's the limit. And, and not just as a quality starter, in, in my opinion, because of that athletic ability and because his ability to see the second, the second line of defense, could have an all-star season or two. I, I think he is that good. Yeah, you, you have to put, to me, Anthony Black around shooters. Sure, you have to, especially early in his career. If you don't, you know, it's kind of like the Aaron Fox early in his career at Sacramento, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't shoot it well. You didn't have him around enough shooters, and he got better, um, at, at obviously, over the first few years of his career. And then you surround him with shooters, with mm-hmm. guys like Kevin Herter, um, with, with, with other good shooters. That that helps. I, I think, King Murray. Yeah, yeah, King Murray, too. So mm-hmm. I, I think – for Anthony Black, it's going to be a progression. It is not going to happen. He's not going to be a rookie of the year candidate overnight. Uh, he, I think he's going to be a piece early. But again, the question is, Theo, are you taking Anthony Black high enough that you're just going to throw him in and let him play 30 minutes and, and, and let him play through his mistakes? And is that what he needs? I'd rather put him in a scenario where he gets drafted in the middle of the first round, which I'm not sure he's going to – go that low. I, I think he could go in the top 10 somewhere in that, you know, 10 to 15 range, but I, I'd almost rather him be in a situation where a lot isn't counted on him right away. And he can play, you know, 10 minutes a game and learn from a veteran point guard on a decent team. And people aren't watching him. People, he, he's not getting thrown into the fire. And like you said, his confidence getting hammered because he's not making shots because physically He's being overpowered by some of these bigger, stronger, older point guards. Yeah, and and say he goes somewhere in the middle of the first, like say Atlanta's drafting in that, that would be a terrible spot for him. Just because you have Trey, you have DeJounte Murray, like that would be a bad spot. He he does need some time. And here's the good part about today's NBA is every team has their affiliate, right? I think that's the good part about today's NBA because this guy needs court time. He needs to be able to read these situations in an NBA setting. I, I have no doubt that he will. Uh, I, I would be hard-pressed to believe he goes past 10, 
yeah. 10, 11, just because of those natural tools that he does. Well, there's have. nobody else out there. Who, who else right. is there? As past a three, past the line. top three, it's tough. Past the top three, you have the Thompson twins, you have Wimbanyama, you have Scoot, you have some of these guys that are really, really talented at that very top. He's in that second tier. And if if he lands in the right spot and he's thrown into the Wolves, I could see like a second team, all rookie team next year in that range just because of his ability to impact the game in a lot of other ways than just shooting the basketball. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is a kid that, again, came in with a lot of hype, uh, a McDonald's All-American, but he came into an Arkansas team that was loaded. Yep. You know, you're looking at Nick Smith, who was even uh, came in with more hype. Jordan Walsh came in with more hype. And Anthony Black was arguably, I mean, maybe not even arguably, he was the best freshman on that team, partially because Nick Smith was hurt. Uh, Jordan Walsh couldn't shoot. So, you, like you said, he was put into probably a system that didn't help uh, his strengths because they didn't have shooters. Ricky Council couldn't shoot. So if you put him with a team with a couple dudes that could really knock down shots, I think Anthony Black would have looked even better. And, and that assist-to-turnover ratio is better. Yes. And, I, I mean, and Jordan Walsh, who I, I'm a big fan of, but – at this point in his life, like he's not a great shooter. If he's no. shooting 40%, instead of a 1.3 assist to turnover ratio, we're probably looking at something significantly higher for Anthony Black just because he made a lot of those reads. They just didn't end up in buckets. Right. So put him with shooters, put him with guys around him. Uh, he can finish, and because he can finish, that help's going to come over in long ways, and he's going to be able to make that second read. Average about 13 points, five rebounds, four assists. Uh, three turnovers a game last year, 6'7", 200. Anthony Black, Arkansas freshman. Look for him to be taken somewhere in the lottery this year, Tio. And defensively, yeah. he really reads the passing lanes well. And they're lo lost to UConn five steals in several other games this year. Three steals, four steals. Like, he's long enough, he's smart enough that he reads the defense. And I'll be honest with you, Jeff, I think he could be somebody that plays really well off the ball, gets in the passing lanes because of his – Short area quickness, his explosiveness. He can get out and get, get a couple of steals, uh, an impact player on that end of the floor as well. The biggest key for Anthony Black, shooting, shooting, shooting. There you have it. Another break, breakdown, Field of 68, NBA draft uh, profile, Anthony Black. Make sure you watch all of our NBA draft profiles on the Field of 68. Our partner for today's episode is Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 during the college basketball season, and I loved the impact that it had on my energy levels. I'm a big coffee-in-the-morning guy, but by the time that the afternoon would hit, I needed another boost. AG1 helped me tremendously, especially on those days when I didn't want to get up off the couch and go hit the gym. Their tagline is, AG1 is comprehensive health and the power of habit in one, and man, that could not be more true it's nearly impossible to eat and drink in a healthy manner in the month of february and the month of march when you are in my business and ag1 was exactly the supplement that i needed to improve my gut health and cover my nutritional basis for the day i've continued that into april i've continued that into may and i'm going to continue that the rest of the summer all i have to do is mix a scoop of ag1 with some water or maybe add it into a smoothie and i'm ready to go do it after lunch and you'll be ready to go for the rest of the day if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine then athletic greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase go to athleticgreens.com backslash field 68 that's 
field six eight f i e l d the number six the number eight and you can get yours now so check it out and help support this show thanks we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome to the Field of 68. I'm Jeff Goodman. He is Matt McCollum. We're breaking down another potential lottery pick today, and that is Nick Smith Jr. All right, I'm not going to lie to you, Matt. I love this kid two summers ago when I saw him play with Brandon Miller for Bradley Beal Elite um, on the circuit at the Peach Jam. I just felt like – What a team. What a team. I I I was not there. I was not at the Peach Jam that year, but what a team. It was like a bubble. It was like yeah. a bubble at the PTM. I don't yeah. know if you know. Yeah. Uh, but but here here's what blew me away. I just looked at him and I said, man, he fits the NBA. He is going to be exactly what the NBA wants because he can go get a bucket. You can give him the ball, and he's got good size, really good positional size. I thought he was a straight wing at that point. Now, people have tried to sell me since that he can be a point. I just think he's got the size, and he, he he's a scoring wing who, again, you can give him the ball, and he could score at all three levels. Now, he had a really, really, really um, challenging season at Arkansas, okay? You know, injured, off, on, in, out of the lineup. Minutes restrictions. Out in L.A. working out with 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 uh, Rich Paul and, and his people for a while, rehabbing out there. Arkansas wasn't sure he'd come back. This was all stemming from a knee injury prior to the season. So he didn't play a lot in the preseason. Then he comes back, plays a handful of games, shuts it down again, goes out to LA. And then everybody thinks he's done. 
myself included. I'm like, why would he come back? Just protect your draft stock. What does he do? He comes back. He plays at the end of the year. He's up and down. But again, that's to be expected for a freshman who has missed so much time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would love to see where he would would be being projected right now had he not gotten hurt. Yeah. Had he not dealt with the injuries, had he not been on minutes restrictions. Because like you said, where he was coming out of high school, I mean, you talk to people within the Brad Beal uh, elite organization, they all said he was an unbelievable playmaker. You could put the ball in his hands. He was a facilitator. He was a scorer. He's one of those guys, when you walk into Peach Jam and you know you've been a million times, you know who that guy is. Right away. Right? You know who that guy is. Yeah. He was that guy. You walk through those doors, who's everybody – where is the buzz? Where are the NBA guys gravitating, you know, gravitating towards, you know? I mean, Brad Beal's there because he coaches the team and yells at the refs. I don't know if he coaches the team, but he definitely yells at the refs the whole game. But those guys are there to see that guy, and he was that guy. So – you know, I, to me, Jeff, I don't think you can go wrong taking – like, I think someone's getting a hell of a player at 10 or 11 because he was never fully healthy this season. And as a freshman to deal with an injury and still, oh, by the way, go out there and have five 20-point games yeah. and only 17 games played is impressive. It's impressive. So – you're looking at him and you see the injuries, you see the minutes restrictions. He was in LA, he came back, you know, but then he came back and tried to give it a go right. and tried to give it a go late. Doesn't in the- that say something about his character? I think that says a lot about his character. I think it says a lot about his character. I think that, um, you know, for him to say, all right, I'm not going to shut this down. I'm going to give this a go knowing it may go bad. And it, and it did sort of at the end, he was benched at the end. But exactly. And how does that affect me moving forward? A lot of guys, especially in today in Asian college basketball, you know, I'm not going back because I'm worried about how it's going to affect me. He went back and tried to compete. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for that. Uh, You know, he gets picked at 10, 11, 12. I don't think he makes it that far. I I still don't think he makes it. I was talking to an NBA GM uh, during the NCAA tournament, and uh, he was asking me about, Nick and and I said I I just don't think he showed people because one of the knocks on him was he didn't have enough pop right he, he could he get by dudes and my whole take on that was like well if his knee's been bothering him when I saw him he can get by dudes right and, and he said to me he goes I know his stock has dropped but he said I still think he's going to go in that five to ten range I don't think he gets out of the top ten I don't either because I think he's going to go to workouts Matt. And he's going to be healthy, number one. Yep. Number two, he's going to shoot it better than people think from three, because generally you do. If you're going to work on your shot with, with you know, again, some of these shooting drills, um, you know, I remember seeing Sabonis at the Celtics facility. He hit like 70% from three, and he hadn't even shot a three at Gonzaga. So uh, I think Nick Smith, he's, he's a streaky three-point shooter. He's not there yet. But what he is is a guy who can get to the cup. He can finish around the basket. He's got a great mid-range game, and he can make threes when he's on at a pretty good clip. See, I think his ability to finish at the basket is something he struggled with a little bit of times this year. Because he had no pop in his knee. I I had no pop, and I also think he needs to put on some strength 
some, yeah, I, I don't like saying put on size because he's I think wiry. he's wiry. He's wiry. And when guys go down the lane, it's not necessarily about being the most bulky guy. It's can you play off two feet and take on the contact that's coming your way? It's core strength. We all know that. I think that's a big key for him. He's got to get stronger in that area and just overall shot selection. You know, I, I think he came back and played. And was like, I need to score. I need to do this. And like I said, a lot of people that coached him that were around him in high school thought one of his best attributes was his ability to set his teammates up to create for others. He was that guy. The ball was in his hands. As attention was coming to him, he was getting off it and moving it and sharing it. And he's got to be able to get back to that. Only 1.7 assists per game this year. He's going to get better in that area. He did have six assists versus Kentucky. That's why he's not year. a point guard. I don't but know. He's who's not a point, he's guard. a point no, guard. No, he should. He should. I don't think. I, he's, I think he's a combo. I think he, but he's got to play off the ball. But you yes. can put him in pick and rolls, and he can make the right play. He's fully capable of making the right play. Um, I just want to know where he would be had he not gotten hurt. I mean, are we talking about him? Probably not at two because of Brandon Miller's size. It's right. it's it's hard to pass. But maybe a four, six, nine. Maybe a four, forty percent. Maybe a four. No question about it. No you question know, about it. And that's why thing. I think when he's fully healthy, yeah. if you're taking him anywhere between eight and eleven, then you're getting a heck of a player. Heck of a player. You want to buy low. You no, want to no. buy low. They always say that, right? I think you're buying Nick Smith Jr. at his absolute lowest right now. I, I'd be shocked if he's not a good NBA player. Will he be a great NBA player? You know, again, I want to see the explosiveness. I want to see the consistency in his three-point shot. Uh, and and again, I think it's going to be very important who he plays with in the back. No question. Who's his point guard? Because if he's got to fight for everything and manufacture everything himself, that's going to be hard to do for a young kid in the league. I think if he's got a point guard who knows how to set him up and make life easier for him, you know, like we were talking about Grady Dick. Well, he, he had Dewan Harris. I mean, that makes life easier for you. No Nick Smith no needs question. that at the next level. He needs a point guard who, especially coming off the year he just had, he's going to need confidence. Yeah, no question. He's going to need confidence. He's going to need to know. Coming off an injury, too, is one of the hardest things for, especially young athletes, to even deal with. Where are you at mentally? Right? Where, where are you at mentally? When you go down the lane and you get in traffic, and there is bodies, and I got to plant, and I got to cut, or I got to, you know, if it's a short, whatever it may, whatever your injury is, when you go down there and you get in traffic and there are bodies surrounding you, it can mess with you up here. It can mess with you up here. Always thinking, man, I, I'm going I'm to revert back to that or whatever. I'm going to get hurt again. So where are you at mentally? I think that's really big for him, you know, going into next year. Does he remind you of anybody? Is there anybody's game that that you know you you could? Say, I was going to ask you the same question. I don't I don't have anybody off the top of my head. Uh, you know, a lot of people the, have said Jamal Crawford. Yeah, I don't know if I love that one. I'm not okay. sure I love that one. You know, the the area that that I worry about with him too is on the defensive end, because if he can't score at a high clip. I, I think it's going to be hard for him to get on the court and stay on the court as a young player. Um, and, and I just wonder, maybe this is the best thing for him in his future in a way, because he comes in not with huge expectations. If he does no go, question. you know, seven, eight, 
12. I, I can't imagine he'll get beyond 12. I would be shocked. Yeah. But he doesn't come in with it with, with the same rep he came into college with. The, the expectations have been tempered a little bit. And now he's, he comes in as a role guy. He doesn't, they don't feed him 30 minutes a game on a shitty team. Instead, it's you can play 12 minutes, uh, 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 you know, on a pretty good team, and we're going to pick our spots with you. Starting off. Right. Right. Yes. Like, like starting off. This is what we're doing. Correct. You're early. You're young. These are the minutes you're going to get. And it's like, oh, man, maybe we need to feed this guy some more minutes. Maybe, oh, man, he's starting to grow. He's starting to develop. He's starting to get better. Yep. He's starting to be, you know, the player that, you know, he was pre-injury. So, I, you know, I, I totally agree with you. I think the right place, the right primary ball handler and guard around him, the right superstars around him to help him at such a young age to develop, that's the problem, too, when you look at, you know, the draft and especially teams that have early picks, you know, who may not even have a superstar or whoever their primary guy is or who their superstar is, where's their character at? How can they help develop young guys? I think that's one of the biggest challenges in the NBA. I think that's going to be important for Nick Smith. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, again, I think we're both in agreement here. Um, you got to get him healthy. If, if NBA guys see him healthy and see him making shots back to the form that he was at two summers ago, who knows? He could he could get back up in that top six. If not, he's a steal potentially for somebody in the early teens. But he's totally. going to go somewhere in that range. I would I would think six to twelve is probably the most appropriate range for Nick Smith Jr. because you know his positional size, his skill set, his ability to score the ball. Um, I, I just think again, it was a tough go for him this past year because. He was banged up even when he played. He was way behind because of the injuries in the. But preseason. he didn't quit. No, he, he didn't, didn't quit. quit. And that again, he didn't, I still kind of go back so to many, that. Like, look yeah. at the NFL draft. How many guys like opt out? Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not, you know, and and I know the NCAA tournament is different. And once the ball is thrown up, everybody has a chance to win. Once you're in the field, you got a chance to win the national championship. I get that, but it would have been easy. Yes. For Nick Smith to not come back and play. Yep. Very easy. And he didn't. He yep. didn't quit. And to me, that says something about him to where whoever drafts him, he's going to figure it out. There you have it. Nick Smith Jr. Uh, draft breakdown. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Matt McCall. Make sure you check out all of our draft profiles and breakdowns on the field system. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.